Right now we want to talk about a variety of topics with the doctor, the one and only Brent Rollins, at Brent Rollins PhD on Twitter. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, doing well. On my way to the University of Buford, otherwise known as Buford High School. Watching high school baseball. <laughs> oh, wow. How about that? Well, we finally got a Buford player there. Hopefully that'll break the string of thinking that, that uh, Georgia can't attract a Buford high school, a Buford Wolf, right? I mean, when Rayola flipped, it was definitely it was definitely a thing. It became, <laughs> uh, it became uh, you know, the, the running joke was kind of uh, put fire, a little bit more fire to it. No question. It sure, sure did. Hey, um, I want to ask you about a variety of things. Uh, you said you're going to a baseball game? Uh, yes. I, we first scrimmage of the season. My my son's high school baseball team, North Oconee, we play uh, at Buford. How about that? That's awesome. Uh, as I'm sure it's as beautiful in in uh, North Georgia as it is here in Macon. Clear skies, about 60. Pretty nice, huh? Yeah. Awesome. It's be the same. Awesome. Great. Well, that's great, man. The Heck, the dogs start, I think, a week from tomorrow, so uh, for the Georgia baseball team, so that's going to be exciting. Are, are you excited about spring training starting next week with the Bravos? You're a big Braves fan. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, I'm excited, but I, I just re- I'd rather the games get here sooner rather than later. Um, just because, like for me, as much as everybody's hopes and you know the dreams, they want titles and the playoffs and things like that. I just enjoy. The fact that they're on my TV every night and it's something to watch, and yeah. even doing other things, I can still watch them. You know, hey, second, third, fifth inning, let's go. I'll sit and watch for a little bit. But it's always there, and it gives like our family loves baseball, so it's a lot of fun to watch. So that's that's really the biggest thing for me is the six months is is always special to me. Well, and you know, I, I say this every year, Brent. We we we. It's the same for football, but we always look ahead so much. Well, where the Braves are going to win the World Series? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? It's like last year I kept on telling people with a 104-win team, man, we had unbelievable entertainment for six months of the year that you about can't beat. I mean, it was that was great baseball for six months. I think we're going to have the same kind of uh, entertainment this year. Oh, I think so. And, like, for me personally, like, I grew up – like three hours from Pittsburgh, three hours from Cleveland, two and a half hours from Cincinnati. So I oh, mean, wow. I didn't have a team. Like so, you know, and, and it wasn't a team that was on every night. The Braves were on every night, even more so uh, growing up than, than those teams. So it's it's nice to have a team that you know is on on TV on there every night and enjoy and watch. No question. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh... I love it too. I, I I I can watch games and get just as emotional in freaking April and May as I do in September and October, which probably says a lot about my need for heavier medication. But nonetheless, I I love baseball, so I I can't wait for it. Hey, uh, dogs going to be in action tonight. Mississippi State on the road, and uh, they need a win, don't they? They're kind of I don't want to say desperate, but they they really need a win tonight, don't they? They got to win three out of the next four, like and. And preferably four out of four, because the three three of those teams I think are the teams that are behind them in the SEC standings. You can't mm-hmm. lose any of those teams, even if it's on the road. Like I, I just I don't think you can lose those games. You got to win those games to even have a, hope to have a chance uh, at making the tournament. We we knew this was going to be tough, but losing four out of the last six last three games 
and and having leads in just about every one of them that that's been kind of disappointing too hasn't it yeah and it's one of those things where like i i somewhat jokingly but also maybe 51 percent joking 49 percent serious said something about mike white needing his version of todd munkin but like they they get very when they struggle towards the end of the games they get very static offensively a lot of one-on-one they try to put the throw the ball in the post to guys who aren't post, like who aren't one-on-one players and you know like they can be good as long as all five of their players are threats mm-hmm. and that takes movement takes screens and what happens what and what has happened at the end of these games is they just they've lost that movement lost the aggressiveness offensively and it's killed them it, it really has it's been a been a struggle for them for sure well let's hope they can beat uh, mississippi state as you said they've got mississippi state and arkansas on the road then a week off and they host florida next saturday and then at vanderbilt and then they host auburn which is obviously going to be very very tough so we'll see how they do uh tonight against the other bulldogs all right um what are your thoughts on the super bowl now we 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 got to kind of get in super bowl mode here with only a couple of days to go with the Chiefs and the 49ers. Does this matchup uh, excite you? How, what, what's your what's your gut telling you about this matchup right now as we, we look forward to Sunday? Well, I don't – the good part for me is I think it's going to be a really good game. I don't think Kansas City is explosive enough offensively to run away from San Francisco unless Purdy gets him the ball. So, like, because to me, what do you want when you're watching the last game of the year? You just want – an actual game that I can watch in the fourth quarter, it's exciting, that sort of thing. And I think I think the game's going to be very similar to the first quote well, between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bet against Mahomes. That's, that's all mm-hmm. I know. That's kind of the, the ultimate guarantee in the sport right now, almost. Yeah, no, no, no question. He's he's tough to bet against for sure. I agree. I I said earlier in the show in the first hour. Uh, look, I'm an old time Falcons fan, so I don't like San Francisco, or and I don't like Kyle Shanahan because he's he uh, he helped lose the Super Bowl seven years ago, and we never forget when it comes to sports. There's no forgiveness whatsoever. But Brock Purdy is an outstanding story. What are your thoughts on him? What's his future? How good can he be? I mean, I think the system obviously helps him a lot, uh, and the playmakers they have around him. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is he still plays well within that system. There are there are clear, like, talent limitations from an arm strength standpoint. Like, that's sure. He, he has to throw with anticipation. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's Pennington bad in terms of arm strength, but, <laughs> like, he still not doesn't have the strongest of arms. But how he handles himself, how he leads, calm under pressure, he's one of the best QBs under pressure in the league. Yeah. Like, those things, those things last, and those things have staying power. He is. He he is so calm. It's it's incredible. And and I know part of that is probably judging him of well, someone drafted that late shouldn't be that calm. But talent's talent, right? And he's he's got it. I mean, whatever made teams well, I'm, and I'm sure that's probably part of it. His arm strength pass on him for a guy who's Mister Relevant. I mean, to me, that's almost that's even more impressive than not even being drafted. He was the last player drafted, and now look at him. I mean that. To me, that would just be an unbelievable story of someone who's Mr. Relevant won the Super Bowl. He's the Stetson Ben of the NFL. Yeah, that's a, and he's got the same damn number too, doesn't he? Thirteen. Yep. Yep. That's a great, great point. No question about it. So how how does a team stop Mahomes when he gets in that mode that he can get in? Is there any way? 
I mean, you think about this, you know, the two, they've been, this would be the, I think, what, fourth one? But they've lost to Tampa Bay. And what was the issue there was their offensive line was in shambles, and mm-hmm. he was just absolutely under pressure the entirety of that game. So you have to pressure him, pressure him consistently. But his ability to avoid sacks and his just innate ability to feel where space is, mm-hmm. that's his, that's his, you know, uh, elite just sort of one of one trait is you know the throwing and the ability to throw off platforms and all that. You know he he can throw it, and there's a lot of the guys that can throw it like that. But his ability to just navigate space and always from a decision making standpoint, I think that's he knows his defense is really good. So you've seen him be a little bit more conservative with the football and be much smarter with the football. And he the consciousness with which he plays, knowing all that, it's unreal to watch. Is that athleticism or athleticism and instincts, or is that just that unique? Because not everybody can have that, what you just described. I, I, I think it's the uniqueness of him. And it's a it's a skill. The athleticism is there, his ability to move, and the throwing part is obviously, you know, comes with that. Mm-hmm. But just that I think it's just a feel, and we I think we always see this with running backs who have just certain, and you can see it, the feel mm-hmm. that they have for space mm-hmm. and body movement around them. Mm-hmm. That stuff to me, you just can't teach. Right, right. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Derrick Henry. I mean, when you watch him run, not everybody can do that, right? He just has it. What you need to have as a running back, as an elusive running back, he's got it. Barry Sanders, even like yeah. his ability. You think back to him and his ability to manipulate space and, and movements of other insane athletes. That's just that's, yeah. that's as good as it gets. Oh, no question, no doubt about it. There's just no no question about it. It's 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 just interesting as far as those who simply know what to do. And you know, we all know that Patrick's dad was an athlete. Obviously, he was a baseball player, but still, and I hate what he's going through now. Obviously, it's a shame. But there's obviously athleticism in the blood that's just there. He's an athlete. He's There's a naturalness to this. But, you know, to have those instincts, and there there are some that, boy, you wish, um, you know, kind of like your boy Desmond Ritter, you just would plumb, uh, wish you could buy it for him. And sometimes it's there, just sometimes it's not, isn't it? Right. And that's And I think that's, to me, that's something that you can see. That's something you can see in the scouting process. And something that I think more and more, and by the way, that's what, I think that's the reason outside of the physical traits, that's the reason the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson fourth, is he had those sort of skill set and uh, awareness set that while he was inaccurate with some throwing or decision-making part, there was a that innate skill set of avoiding the rush and navigating space that you just can't teach. Interesting. Yeah, and... But you have to, I mean, at least Mahomes had some more production at Texas Tech than, than Richardson did at Florida, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Way more production than he was. Like, he had to 100% carry that team. Yeah. And he, you know, he did as well as he could. Uh, but, you know, on the bright side, like, somebody like the Falcons' new offensive coordinator was very high on Mahomes coming out of the draft. Well, thank God for that. Hopefully he'll... Uh... He'll have some thoughts about who to look at in this in this year's draft. So, 
and I don't think there's a, any question. People are, as with all due respect to Raheem Morris, people are excited about Zach Robinson coming in and coming from that McVay tree. Hard to believe someone that young would have a tree by now, but he does. So with that in mind, what you just said is we now turn our attention from the Falcons coaching search to now who the heck they're going to get at quarterback. What does Zach Robinson's background tell you he may be looking at in in the process they're going to go through now to find a quarterback, in your opinion? In terms of skill set, I think you have to be able to move. Like you as, as, as a QB, like the QB has to be able to move in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to be interesting with Cousins, but Cousins has played in that system and has moved well enough. But the other thing is it's decision-making. There's always obviously all the sort of baseline metrics of arm strength that these guys look at and, and evaluate. But I, I think it's going to be interesting how – because if they attack it through free agency, i.e. if they sign Kirk Cousins, if they you know were like Baker or Mayfield because there's some experience there. But that's what's going to be interesting for me because – Probably doing a evaluation, combo evaluation of the veterans that are existing as well as the draft. And is it is it better to trade up and go get somebody in the draft, or is it better to sign and then draft somebody in the third or fourth round? And or does Zach Robinson think that there is something with Desmond Ritter and his system that wasn't there with Mike Smith? Mm-hmm. I, but the agency part of it's the most intriguing for me because if they go early and you see them, you know, go get Cousins early or go get Baker early in free agency, whatever that may be. I don't know that – like I said, I don't know that either of them would be. But if that happens, then they've said, okay, we can't go get the QB we want in the draft. Let's go get this guy, and then we'll draft somebody later. You, you know, Brent, that we're going to hear 10,000 rumors between now and the draft. I mean, we've got two and a half months. Do you think those top three go one, two, three? Or, you know, there was a rumor this week Drake May – may drop we we know that daniels is well he may drop what's your gut telling you now are are they the top three players in this draft or could one of them fall i think they're the top three picks i don't know that they're the top three players right i'll I'll say that but But i do think the current three teams that are there are going to take a quarterback well that's the biggest question to me is i think the three guys are picked and definitely one and two. It's definitely going to be one and two some in some way. Right. Whether that's – and I think Caleb Williams is definitively number one. Whether it's May going second or Daniels going second, I think it's definitely one, two. The only sort of wrinkle could be New England just because of their generally conservative nature when it comes to QBs. Could they say, all right, we'll take Harrison Jr. and then go draft, you know, Penix and trade back into the first round to get Penix or go draft – somebody later like is that a possibility but I, I do think those guys three those three guys may Daniels and Williams are going to be uh, the first three picks in the draft is, is I mean we know what Daniels can do we saw him at LSU we saw him at the SEC is, is he one though that teams are going to fall in love with when they see him more in the combine and in, in workouts oh and he's yeah and he's going to run four three something like four three like he's going to run an insane 40 time the athleticism that displays on tape, and and his growth as a passer is real. Like he's legit grown as a passer, and 
now what's interesting, what will be interesting in how teams evaluate him is how much damage he did outside of the numbers mm-hmm. as a passer compared to the middle of the field because he was really good outside of the numbers. And sometimes teams would rather see you be more middle of the field dominant than, necess- than maybe outside the numbers kind of thing. So if if you if all let's say all things being all things being equal and that means salaries for a free agent like uh, Cousins or or Baker or the price to trade up, what do you do? If you're the Falcons, yeah. What would you do if you were in charge of the Falcons? I, I just I don't know that the price to get up to say two. And I don't think I don't think Washington's going to be dealing. I think Washington is taking somebody at two. Right. Uh, so I, I just I, I would go attack and see if Cousins comes in that system and wants to be maybe be in that system and then go draft. Like I think I've mentioned this before, but go draft somebody like Spencer Rattler uh, in the third right. round. Like so, that. And maybe so, even Penix or somebody like that falls into your one of your second round picks because I, I just I don't know that you're going to be able to pay what you want, and the teams deal with what you want. Now, I did see a mock, uh, Lance Zerline, that does for the NFL.com, had the Falcons trading up to fifth for May. Like, mm-hmm. if that fall were to happen that day, I mean, great, that'd be great. But if And you haven't answered the question by a free agency, but I think you'll know what they're going to do in the draft after the free agency period. Oh, no, no question. No question about it. Cousins was linked to Atlanta when Belichick was linked to Atlanta, but you think still – that Belichick's not coming, that, that this group will look at at uh, Kirk Cousins very closely then? Yeah, because, I mean, he put the, the Minnesota coach is up that tree, too. Yeah. And it's very, it'd be very similar system. Like they, and Robinson, Zach Robinson wasn't there in 2013 with Washington, but McVeigh was. Right. When Cousins was, was, when that whole big staff was there. And, they had and the so was Raheem Morris. Right, exactly. So, like, there's, there's, Connections, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, there are, there are. I mean, as much as we can look at the different types of of connections of even like Baker, you know, I brought up the Baker situation because of him being in Los Angeles at the end of 2022. Uh, Raheem Morris is in Washington when Kirk Cousins was there, so you can't forget about that. And heck, he may have been even coaching on the offensive side back then. I'm not, I can't remember what he what he was doing. Well, I, I, I mean, I just think the. The quarterback coach dynamic is is so important. I mean, we know no matter who was going to get the Falcons' job, they had they're going to have to pick the right quarterback. But the combination, you know, like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, sure, okay. If John Doe was the coach of the Chiefs, maybe Mahomes would still have been as successful. But you can't tell me the 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 combination of those two, just like Mc, Tom Brady and and Bill Belichick, if it mattered. That that's why this situation and all these scenarios, Brent, are going to be so interesting to see what happens here with the Falcons in the next three months. Well, and I also think you got you have an owner that is not young, and you know you present a plan to an owner that says, "Hey, we're going to trade up for a rookie," versus "Let's go sign this veteran and we think we can you know, win the division next year." I tend to think that that owner might have a little bit of influence in that decision. Yeah. No, it might. Well, that's been a problem, but I wouldn't be surprised if if just the knowledge that Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris have of the the uh, dire consequence of trying to get a winner sooner rather than later could 
point in that direction. I agree. All right, well, have fun at that scrimmage, uh, and uh, it's great that people are out playing baseball. That's that's a great sign. Hopefully great weather will continue. And, uh, hey, we always love talking to you. We appreciate it. We'll check in with you again soon, okay? All right, thanks, Bill.